in this movie, I, I approach one genre uh, that I didn't before, which is the horror movies. I don't mean this is a horror movie, but there is a part inside that really belongs to a, that genre. Subjects uh, like, for example, transsexuality, uh, I think I treat it here in a completely different way than before, even even the opposite way than before. Uh, I mean, in, in my in my former movies, um, I am... Um, I did it like, I mean, like, uh, I mean, supporting these people that they have to struggle uh, just to become what they really are. Uh, I mean, the identity theme, it was already in that movie, but here it's treated like, like a punishment. I'm thinking uh, of this like a punishment, I think is the more awful nightmare you can imagine. You know, the identity, the soul, the spirit, whatever you want to, to call it. But, but it's in terms of gender too. I mean, the feminine or masculine. In something inaccessible. In something not uh, in, incorporeal. You know, in this movie, really, I try to fight against my sense of humor. Um, because I, I, uh, I ask myself to do it or to be the more austere I can be, which is not completely austere because it's not in my nature, because, you know, almost every sequence, I think in not only in every sequence in one movie, but also in every situation in life, even in the more tragic moments, humor can be present. Hamlet, Prince of Denmark, the fish of the day is tilapia. <laughs> Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kat, Kevin, and Dave. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hi. Hola. We've got a very special week <laughs> this week. Dave has curated a couple Spanish films for us. Uh, before we get going, I just wanted to follow up on uh, last week we talked about Nick Cage. I did a little bit of further viewing. I don't remember who all here had seen Beyond the Black Rainbow. Oh, you haven't seen that, Kevin? You've seen I'd it. i seen it. Never. Yeah. Um, really, really good. That is the debut feature uh, written and directed by Panos Cosmatos, who did Mandy. It's kind of a, a companion piece to Mandy. It's it's like it's heavily stylized and it works on some of the same themes, but it's um, much less actiony. It's not as visceral but as it's Mandy. Super metal, like Mandy. It's not metal. No, mm -hmm. it's like it's very hypnotic. It's very slow and hypnotic. It's very. Uh, it's like Cronenberg uh, meets Kubrick. Has a lot of like um, symmetrical colors, you know, almost like 2001 Space Odyssey stuff. And then has a lot of stuff that reminded me of like The Brood and Cronenberg, things like that. Really good. Um, that's VOD. I would recommend that. And I also watched a movie that I was curious about when it came out uh, in 2010. It's called The Color Out of Space. We talked about Color Out of Space with Nick Cage. There was one 10 years ago called The Color Out of Space, the black and white German movie. You remember that one? I think it's flipped. I think it's color out of space. That's the Nick the Cage one. one. No, I, th I thought the Nick Cage one was the, the color out of space. Nope. I did look into this. I just watched both of them. So the Nick Cage one is color out of space. And then this one from 2010 <laughs> that I watched is called the color out of space. You can pull out your phone. Color out of space. <laughs> Go for it. To knock yourself out. I'm only doing it because of the great joy you just felt <laughs> I at did like feel great knowing joy. I was wrong. Yeah. Like, it's the moment before the checkmate. Like, 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 oh, literally, that's they, the happiest you'll ever see move Trent. That is, oh, please move that bishop. Oh, move that bishop. I know I have to. you at checkmate. <laughs> anyway, this version is, uh, it's the same story about the gardeners, uh, the family, only in this in this version, it's the Gutenaires or something. Um, but it's told from the perspective of their neighbor, and it's like a period piece, and he tells the story like he's retelling the story to someone and it takes place in Germany. So it kind of wraps around with uh, U.S. involvement in World War II and stuff. It's not a horror movie like Color Out of Space that we saw. There's no alpacas, first of all. There's no um, <laughs> there's no body horror, or like crazy horror stuff like that. It's more like an extended Twilight Zone episode, like old school Twilight Zone. Damn it, Trent, um, you're right. 
yeah, that is uh, that's VOD. You can rent that uh, pretty much anywhere. I would say it's worth it if you're into Lovecraft and you want to see uh, kind of a different spin on that. Um, anybody else got anything for us before we start the uh, Spanish night? Well, I think we could sort of talk about next week's episode because that's what uh, I've been watching. The new Scream movie came out. I think uh, if you want to go back and listen to the Slasher episode, I believe Cat's pick mm-hmm. was the original Scream. It's literally the movie I think I've seen the most times in the theater. It's a franchise that I hold near and dear to my heart. So the new one came out. I've already been to see it twice. And Trent and I went and saw it yesterday. Which we did. When you listen to this on Friday, that will have been the previous Monday. Um, so we're going to talk about the new Scream. The 2022 Scream movie next week. So if you want to head out to the theater and check it out, we'll probably have to have a little bit of a a similar situation to, I think, what we're going to attempt this week. And we'll have to have a little bit of a spoiler section for sure. And uh, fans of the franchise, I'm really curious to see what our listeners think about uh, this this new Scream. And we're going to pair that up with the most recent Halloween movie, which is Halloween Kills. So that's a rental right now. Uh, that's pretty much all I had time to watch this week other than these mindfuck movies that Dave gave us that required multiple watches and research and questioning my own intelligence and IQ and uh, honestly uh, everything about life. So thanks, Dave. <laughs> well, uh, you're welcome. De nada, bro. I thank uh, you as well. These were great movies. I really enjoyed both of them. Oh, thanks. Uh, these are um, one movie I saw just recently. Um, I think I did an episode from Los Angeles on the flight out to Los Angeles. I watched the second movie. But the first movie we're going to talk about tonight is 2007's Time Crimes um, or... Los Cronos Crimenes. Crimenes. Los Cronos Crimenes. Thank you, Trent. Oh, thank you very much. Crimenes. Directed by Nacho Vigalondo. It's a great name. It is. Um, And uh, I I almost consider this a a horror comedy um, because of the way that it's played. The awkwardness of the main character is almost slapstick uh, throughout this. And um, both movies tonight... Um, there's not much we can say besides for whether we liked it or not uh, as far as getting into the movie. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through both movies and we're going to talk about how the movies made us feel, how we like the cinematography, the soundtrack, stuff like that. But if this all sounds interesting to you, uh, then maybe you can go out and watch these movies before you get into the second half because we're going to go back to the top and we're going to talk about these movies fully spoiled. So, um, los spoilientes de filmas. So, do not, do not, uh, like, if you're interested in these, the spoilers and the twists uh, really make these movies. Yeah. Uh, so, we're going we're gonna to separate this out. But, um, Time Crimes, um, I absolutely love this. Like I said, the, the main character, Hector, um, is... Uh, very awkward and it's like a it's a horror comedy of errors and um there's i i literally do not know what to say about this movie um it's about time travel yeah that that's yeah, spoiled. You, spoiled that. yeah. you just spoiled some shit <laughs> i mean right there i mean it's called time crimes Post uh, pro yeah. guy <laughs> yeah uh it's basically about like what can happen um like the butterfly effect um, yes yes on 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 kind of a small intimate level great it's not, ashton kutcher movie. yeah 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 it's not on some like big astronomical level it's, it's almost a personal on butterfly small effect. yeah superficial little tiny things that happen uh to like one person and it and it kind of shows like how if we did have time travel how we just could not have time travel because even any just guy that it's just your average guy this this guy plays like an everyman that stumbles upon this time traveling scenario and it just shows how we would abuse it as human beings no matter what because we would just constantly be trying to fix everything um but i'm interested to see what you guys think of this movie uh it's one of my favorites i, I don't even know how i saw this it's a really long time ago uh i just stumbled upon it and I spent like years trying to remember the title of this movie because I was like that movie where that thing happens. It like blew my mind. And um, it was a couple years ago 
where I came across it again, researching some other movies with twists. And I was like, that's the movie. And you see the, the cover looks like a slasher. It has like a mm. guy with his head like wrapped in bandages. And uh, it looks like very scary, uh, you know, like some sort of like cat and mouse slasher kind of thing. But it's way more than that. And uh, Trent, what did you think? I love this movie. I love time crime so much. Um, more like mind crimes. This Ew. movie <laughs> is going to mess with your mind. I, I was psyched when, when you said time crimes, I, it didn't ring any bells. And then when I looked it up, I saw the, the poster or the cover art and I recognized it immediately from the old independent video rental store that we yeah. ha used to have here in Portland. This one was always displayed in the foreign section and I looked at it many times like, okay, it's got a guy in a mask on the front and an overcoat, uh, like holding a pair of scissors looking menacing. This might be my thing, but I never... I never pulled the trigger on it. So I was yeah, like, it looks oh. like the cover looks more like high tension. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the strangers get. or something. Yeah. yeah. So I immediately recognized it as, as that movie. And I was like, oh, sweet. I never saw this. Um, this is one of my favorite twists I've seen in quite a while. I love the twist in this movie. It's pretty much impossible, as Dave said, to talk about without getting into some of the spoilers. So we'll do that. Um, if time crimes looks interesting to you. I would definitely not look at anything. That's what I did. I didn't. Dave advised me, don't even read the plot. Just watch this movie. And I was so happy when that first reveal happens. And then from there, it's just totally bonkers. Um, really kept me engaged through the whole thing. Didn't really see much of anything coming. Um, love, love this movie. Highly recommend this movie. Overall, I really enjoyed this film. Do I think sometimes maybe I'm a little stupid and don't understand what's going on? Yes. Um, so I think it would behoove me uh, to watch it a second time, perhaps, so I could try to connect some of the dots. It's not going to help that much. Well, you know, but it might make me feel a little better about how many times I was just like, what? During this one. Um, but, you know, I like how it started off uh, with the seemingly very creepy and evil dude just like terrorizing this poor guy. And then how it kind of unravels from there. And then you can kind of see, you know, his identity comes into play and yada, 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 this and that. Um, but I thought the film itself was a very attractive film. Um, the cinematography was was good. I don't know. It wasn't like the most mind blowing, you know, cinematography I've ever seen. But it definitely held my interest. I did fall asleep the first time I watched it. Only a little bit, though, like a scotch. But then I but then I circled back and I thought it was I thought it was, a, you know, it was you were good. really in the grip at that point. Yeah. You know, I, it's not my fault. I'm a sleepy bitch most of the time, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> you know, I, I do not I work think early. Though, it's a, a very snoozy movie, though. It's not. It's pretty. It's exciting. on me again. It's probably the dabs that yeah, I do. I'm just always sleepy. Um, but yeah, so I'm absolutely watch this again. Probably will. Um, it is a rental, so I'll just keep using Trent's uh, voodoo to rent it. Yeah, go but... right ahead. I got excited when I saw that you were about to watch it. Oh, I yeah. got a little I, notification. I, I, here's the thing. I thought about <laughs> It's so funny you say that because I've never thought about it. But when I rented this one, I was like, ooh, I bet it tells Trent when he rents a it movie. Said, get ready to watch Time Crimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, hey, hey, somebody's draining your bank account. Yeah. And then when I woke up and was like, oh, no. I'm going to have to rent it again on Trent's account. But then the next day it was still there. So 48 I was good hours. To go. yeah, yeah, I yeah. was good to go. I, I got in right in the nick of time. So you mentioned that this is 2007 and Nacho Vigalando. This is his first feature film. Like what a way to come out the gate. Yeah. And he stars yeah. in it. And he's yes. And he's also a very handsome scientist in the movie. Mm hmm. And I love the fact, you guys have already mentioned this, that Hector, who is our main character in this, is like a total everyman. Dave, I think that's where you get like the sort of like horror comedy. This guy just can't get out of his own fucking way. And it's hilarious. Like there's a scene where he's trying to get away from our our um, our antagonist and he like tries to climb over this fence and the fence just collapses and he rolls and it's just like oh my god dude like can anything go your way he can't run like 50 feet he's without, like running like, up the <laughs> like, like Nacho Vigalando is the scientist is like just get up the path get up to my facility and he's like falling on perfectly I groomed ground that far. Like, <laughs> he has to lay down at one point because he's jogged for like 15 seconds um, it's not scary I don't think other than the fact that like Kat pointed out, it made me question if I have any IQ at all. Mm. 
Um, I would agree with Trent. It doesn't matter how many times you watch this. My recommendation would be watch it maybe once. Yeah. Maybe enjoy look it. it up online. Don't worry about it. And then have someone on YouTube <laughs> explain it to you. Mm. And then still don't feel bad about yourself if you don't understand what the hell they're talking about. Just enjoy this movie. Um, it's really good. It's really well shot. Uh, this I should mention this is a very small cast. Uh, I know we like to talk about sort of like the movies we watch, like how many characters do you have to worry about? Uh, and this one, I would say that there's what, four? Four characters really yeah. that you have to worry about in the yeah. entire movie. Yeah. So good on Vigalando. He had a very complex script, a very you know interesting story. We were talking before we got recording that when you're doing a time travel movie, all bets are off. You can make your own rules. Like nobody can come out. Maybe there's a Reddit, sub thread out there that is like really taking this movie to task but i doubt oh, I it i saw it i saw it, it, it like like what, what's the manual like what are you gonna do you're gonna be like oh well doc brown would have done this like fuck out of here you're making a, a time travel movie that you're all, already in all a world of, yeah you're already in a world of like complete fantasy exactly yeah. like, the only thing i saw them get get them on with they were, they were like he said the table wouldn't fit through the door and then later on it's inside the house <gasps> oh i didn't notice that wow okay um but yeah i mean overall like Great, great first feature from Vigalando. Total mindfuck. And yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I, I made the mistake of doing what I do that you guys have called me out for a lot. And I'm kind of watching the movie. It's in the background. It's this and it's that. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? In my first full viewing, I got through it and I was like, I feel like the dumbest person on the planet. <laughs> but I enjoyed that. Mm. Uh, so yeah, this is a big recommend for me. Great call, Dave. Same with Trent. Like, it's another one that had, like, come across. Like, I, I never saw it at Videoport, like you were talking about, Trent. But it's one that had, like, sort of, like, come across. You know, I knew the cover. Like, I knew that cover. Like, the great, like, guy with his head wrapped in the pink bandages. Like, but I definitely never took the time to see it. And I would have expected, like I said, like a high tension before I expected this, like, unbelievably deep thought um, and I, I think I'll save it for the spoiler section, but I think uh, to go a little bit deeper than Dave being like a horror comedy, I think this weaves in some like serious other themes a little bit. Um, and, and actually it does like really highlight your point, Dave, where we couldn't have time travel because we would always constantly fuck it up. And I think some of the motives for things that Hector does here um, I, I want to get into that in the spoiler section, but uh, I have some thoughts on that. But great pick. Yeah, thanks. Um, so the the next movie I picked um, is uh, not a small cast. I mean, it is pretty intimate in what... It, Nothing uh, about this is small. It achieves, but yeah, it's very grandiose. Uh, it's 2011's The Skin I Live In, uh, directed by Pedro... Almodovar. I'm trying to get that accent That's nice. right. That sounds on there. good. Thank yeah, it you. sounds good. Uh, starring uh, what I consider to be a beloved actor, Antonio Banderas. And one thing I would like to actually call you on, Kevin, is that you've hit on two different guys in both movies this week. Uh, I don't think you should ever go to Spain on vacation with your wife because. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Antonio Banderas um, is amazing in this. I think that every single performance, all the way down to the the smallest little cameo, is is perfectly acted. Uh, I I felt like both of these movies. Uh, you mentioned the Twilight Zone as far as time crimes. Like I think they're they're Spanish, but I think they they're both very much influenced by classic american cinema and especially this one i found it to be very like hitchcock and um you know the other one's twilight zone but it's very much in a in a science fiction realm um and just the way this lays out is is very well done for how many things are coming at you at once in the skin i live in uh there's a i a renaissance man um uh, who Antonio Banderas plays. Uh, what's the lead guy's name? Uh, Robert. Robert Ledgard. And um, he has invented this skin 
Uh, he's a plastic surgeon, and he's invented the skin called Gal, which is named after his ex-wife. And uh, this skin is resistant to burns and resistant to like uh, mosquitoes. mosquitoes. So like he could stop like malaria or any diseases that are transmitted through insect bites. Um, and he's like presenting this at a uh, you know a medical like conference. And he's and it's very controversial uh, because of how we're watching it now, and it's even more. It gets more controversial than that. Um, but he's introducing this skin, and basically, you go to his lair, and you see that he has, you know, he's a very rich, affluent, um, kind of disconnected from society, like surgeon plastic surgeon but like inventor it almost reminds me of like met the mad scientist episodes we did um and he has a project in his house which is a, a young woman who most of the time is either naked or in this like nude bodysuit um and he is you know conducting experiments he's doing what mad scientists or mad plastic surgeons do and um, we're going to save a lot for the spoiler round for this, but it's a revenge movie in, in essence. But there's so many other things happening. And it's uh, Kevin, you mentioned when we were talking before the show that you thought this week had some Giallo influence. I think this is definitely has a Giallo influence because of his very rich estate and like that the the grounds around it and the different rooms and also like uh, there's parts at the end where there's, there's these shots where there's like a stairway thing and like a little balcony inside the house and then like it looks over like this giant very Stanley Kubrick kind of room or very Suspiria kind of kind of room um, that I thought that those shots that were like really like far away uh Definitely Reminded some me. like Dario Argento, like looking down from the yeah. second floor. On, yeah, which was also yeah. inspired by Hitchcock, which you mentioned. Right, well, right. Yeah. 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 The yeah. story is Hitchcock 100%. And I, I think that this story could very easily have been very convoluted because of how much they do pack into it. But um, I think if you just sit with both of these movies and you watch intently, everything is, is laid out there for you to understand. So what did you guys think of this the skin I live in. I had looked up um, the skin I live in in terms of clips when I was doing the Mad Scientist trailer. So if you go back and look at that, there are some clips from this movie. But I didn't know what the hell it was. I was just Googling Mad Scientist movies. I knew nothing about it. And Dave very wisely said, just don't look up either of these. Don't be you. Don't, you know. So when I was renting this, I was literally covering with my hand the prime synopsis as I was renting it and just needed to get to the rental portion to put in my password and like get it and starts playing. And I'm like, fucking a Dave, it's two hours and like two minutes. And it's so weird already. Like, how could you, how could you, <laughs> uh, but this is why we're friends and this is why we do this show. There wasn't one minute of this movie that I should have enjoyed and I enjoyed every single minute of this movie. It is so bizarrely set up. It gives you no information in the beginning. It does all of this non-linear storytelling. It introduces characters at bizarre times. We just saw a tiger boy that is will stay with me for the rest of my life. Um, it jumps six years back at this point, and it should piss you off. Uh, but I was engaged the entire time. This movie is uh, one of my favorite movies that I have ever watched for the podcast. Uh, in terms of like when you're talking like not classic, you know, not something that has that I'm rooted in emotionally. We're talking like killing of a sacred deer level uh, filmmaking, uh, where it's very disturbing. It's definitely not an easy watch. It's something that you should be careful recommending to somebody know their mental state when you recommend this to them mm -hmm. uh, or or not recommend it to them. Tell them they definitely shouldn't watch it. Um, but it's a masterclass in filmmaking. I, I love the fact that, Dave, you just brought up Hitchcock, uh, Argento, and um, Kubrick because this movie 
draws on all of them. And after the first time I watched it, because you know it's a rental, so you had that 48, 48 hours. When are you going to fit in that other two hour and two minute viewing of this? Um, I did do some research on it because I was like, I do now want to read a little bit about what I just watched, go back into it. And it made perfect sense that this was based on a novel. Hmm. Like you really only, this is like if Stephen King read this book or wrote the book, I'm sorry, and then watched the film adaptation, he must be like insanely jealous. Like how did, how did, you know, Pedro Almodovar? How did he nail? And, and from what I've read, he got he got pretty far away from the book, a la Kubrick. And yeah, you the haven't Shining. read the book, so you don't. It could be a crappy <laughs> no adaptation. How no, you know? No, but I read uh, I read the synopsis on the book, and it does deviate from the book pretty hard in some areas, and and not in others. But to have somebody like adapt your novel like this well, um, it, you know, it's just got to be. I'm only bringing up the King thing because he's had so many failed adaptations or very heavily criticized. Um, but Antonio Banderas, like you mentioned, Dave, as Robert the Plastic Surgeon, really great performance. Uh, Elena Anaya oh. plays uh, Vera, uh, who he is applying this skin to. Uh, you have great characters like uh, Jeanne Cornet plays Vicente. Um, great performance there. You've got Robert Roberto Alamo who plays Zika, who is Tiger Boy. Uh, Zika. Uh, you've got okay. the Fuck the housekeeper, I guess, played by Marisa Paredes uh, as Maria. Uh, and then you have Blanca Suarez, a great performance as Robert's daughter, uh, Norma. Um, and then you have um, Antonio Banderas's Robert, his his wife that that tragically passes as Gal. Uh, that he names the skin after. Um, it's just a really, really well-acted movie. It shouldn't make sense. Somehow it does. I, this is literally the movie that I should not like. If you go back and listen to almost every single episode about like what attracts me to movies and what pisses me off about some of like Dave's picks... Uh, this is like should be a week where I'm like, fucking Dave, give me my I two hours I feel like I'm really back. singled out here. Yeah, you are. Two um, weeks. But this... Yeah, this is this is the one. This is honestly one of my favorite movies I've watched. Well, 2022 is pretty short. This is one of the, my favorite movies that I've watched <laughs> that I had never been exposed to or seen or even thought to watch in the history of the show. Thanks, Dave. So you guys, you guys see it. Sorry to interrupt, but I watched this on an airplane. Bad Can you idea. imagine what Doesn't it was like to, with a person next to me? You were next to a stranger and you watched this film? Yes. Well, they probably were texting their loved ones about the situation <laughs> the they were in. That's not, as, that's not as bad as Kevin watching Hostel on a treadmill at the gym. <laughs> hey, that like, never happened. Never at happened. At work. At the work gym. Nope, never happened. And yeah. I'm moving treadmills. I'm going to do the elliptical now. Got, remember when you did that? You, Kevin told Can me this story. I mean, this would literally cost me like, my job. So let's, uh, not, really? let's not bring uh, this up on oh, the show. In the gym? Oh, this oh. was a long time ago, in the though. gym? This is a different job. Yeah, and somebody oh, said, right. hey, hey, pal, you sure you should be watching that in here? And, and he called me up, and he was all indignant. He told me the story, and I was like, well, I don't know. That might not be appropriate, you know, for the work gym, Kevin. I could see what he's saying. And Kevin was so mad. He was like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well, save it for Planet Fitness, you know. Well, this movie ended up being quite the fucked up little tale uh, for me. I had an idea of what was going to happen, kind of, because I also didn't read any of the synopses and or information on the film the synopses the synopses <laughs> um <laughs> is that Everybody's like plural now. is that plural for a synopsis <laughs> anyway um so i had an idea and then it absolutely was the opposite not at all what i thought was going to happen um it just um i'd say it went off the rails to what i expected for sure you start off with obvious daddy of the week, Antonio Banderas, mm. um, who's a plastic surgeon of some sort that's working on developing skin or whatever. Uh, I, you know, assumed was for like his disfigured wife or something like that. Um, but then it unfolds into many, many a different twist and or turn. I'm not going to lie. I did not hate it. I did not hate this film. It was a tough watch at times for sure 
Um, but it ended up, you know, way more fucked up than I thought it would be. But it definitely made it a more interesting and more effective film than what I had expected. I would say, I wouldn't say it was a nice surprise what we incurred. Um, it did leave me uh, flabbergasted, if you will, mouth agape even. Ah, yeah. Um, it kind of gave me the vibes of like when I watched Malignant and then I just kind of like was like, what? It What? is happening like that moment when you realize what's going down it was kind of a i needed to take a a hot minute um i will say the subject matter does get a little dicey uh when it comes to the revenge that antonio enacts it it could definitely be difficult it's a little harsh yeah it could be difficult (laughs) i think it's question i think it's questionable in the spoiler section we should talk about who is the real protagonist versus antagonist that's what yeah that's when it kind of you know all comes to fruition um but it's kind of that's right uh but it's kind of a body horror situation but it's not as Mm. grotesque as a cronenberg Mm. you know as like a as a mutation kind of a thing i would say it's not grotesque at all no, some would say, well, you know, well, you know, we can get into that. There's yeah, a word I can't it. wait to say so many times in the next portion. Grotesque. <laughs> um, it is, however, equally as terrifying, if not more so, especially in, in a mental kind of situation. Mm. Um, it's a complete violation of someone's body and mind. I'd say this one falls into the just one watch is, a, is sufficient category for me. As was Killing of a Sacred Deer, I will literally never watch that movie ever again, and I still hate you guys for making me watch it. I throw it on at parties. I'm sure you do. (laughs) (laughs) Killing of a Sacred Deer and the Greasy Strangler. Yeah, you just throw them on. Um, But yeah, it was a well-done film, obviously. It was beautiful. Um, It was a twisty-turny, beautifully fucked-up film. I would suggest not reading anything or researching it. Uh, so maybe don't listen to our spoiler section until after you've seen it. Um, but, you know, I think I got the real full effect of it. And I'm glad that you made me watch this film. Thank you, Dave. Happy happy Dave's week. I love this one, too. This is a great one. Um, I had not heard of this, I don't think. But I did recognize some of the other movies of um, Pedro Almodovar. This guy's a legend. He has an amazing catalog starting all the way back with Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down, which was like a big deal at the time, if you're old enough to remember that movie with Antonio Banderas. That was one of the, um, that was part of the genesis of the NC-17 MPAA rating because uh, the question started becoming more common, like, what do you do with a movie that has explicit sexual content in it, but it's not pornography? And is it really fair to, to, to rate it X? So there were more of these movies that were making the mainstream, like Time Me Up, Time Me Down, where it just didn't seem appropriate to, to classify it like a porno. Uh, and that's part of how the NC-17 rating was born. Um, and I remember some of the other films by this guy from the, the same way I remember Time Crimes, uh, movies like Volver with Penelope Cruz, um, Bad Education. These were like big indie like foreign hits that would be displayed, you know, in the old days, like hype about a movie was that it would be um, cover side up on the rack instead of spine, you yeah. know? Yeah. If it was cover side up, you're like, wow, people are talking about this movie, right? <laughs> right. It's, it's like some it's sort just of, some guy, it's just like yeah. Greg that works oh, at Blockbuster turning it yeah, slightly because like, hey. his manager told him to. <laughs> Greg at Blockbuster. From what Shout I understand, out to Greg at Blockbuster. People at the video store are talking about this movie. So I remember some of these other ones. Um, Greg watched it. This is, you know, I didn't, I just, I couldn't help but see the the blurb when I rented this, this is a VOD. So I, I had an idea of what was going to happen. And I had, I had to stop this movie an hour through. I was like, this is not the most, you know, we, and I think we find this sometimes with foreign language stuff. Sometimes they're like, they're not quite as uh, spoon feeding you. So you have to like pick up, you have to sort of infer things a little bit more. And, and maybe you just have to wait a little bit longer, but I was thinking, like, I don't know if I understand what the hell is happening in this movie, even though I I read the general plot. So I stopped, and I went and read the full, like, plot synopsis on, like, Wikipedia. And I was like, oh, no, I definitely... You cheated, bro. No, I didn't, because I was like, oh, I definitely understand. No, I I only read up to where I'd watched. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I just wanted to know if I understood what had happened thus far, because I didn't feel like I understood it. 
But then I was like, oh, yeah, I totally understood it. It's just bizarre. I'm not really missing anything. Like, this is the story as I understand it. The way that things are laid out, um, it shows you present day. And then there's like a campfire story where you get a bunch of the past. There are things that happen that you're kind of expected to know, but it doesn't tell you until later. And then I would say if you're going to watch The Skin I Live In, don't worry about it. Just watch it. It's confusing. It seems weird, but you're not... Um, you're probably not missing anything. You just have to watch the whole thing mm -hmm. to like get the whole story. Uh, and then there's a certain point where I was like, oh my God, okay, I guess I know what's going to happen here. And uh, mm. <laughs> um, I loved it. It looks amazing. I mean, this guy, like, this is a movie that made me wonder, like, why don't all movies look like this? I mean, He's been making movies for a long time. Ten years ago, too. Yeah. Why don't people just do what he does? It looks really good. Like, yeah. what's the... Uh, Sounds really good. You have a great cast. Like... It just looks amazing. Like, that was, like, part of, I thought, the appeal was just simply how good it looks. Um, love the... Uh, did you guys notice the Elliot Smith cover in this? There's a, uh, a lady singing, I believe it's uh, Between the Bars in oh, Spanish dang. during the, um, uh, the shop scene with, with uh, Vincente and his mom. Love this one. This is a great pick, Dave. I'm actually looking forward to, I want to follow up with a little bit because I haven't seen anything else by, uh, by this filmmaker and I'm interested to see more. I, I think that one, one thing about this movie is it kind of went under the radar. Like it came out in 2011. I just saw it this year when I went on a flight. Um, but I think the reason why is because I don't ever see it categorized as a horror movie. Yeah, I, I saw a quote from... Um, Almodovar, who said, uh, it's a horror movie without scares. Both movies this week really were. Yeah. It's very deep. I feel like the tone of the cinematography is deep, and the, the subject matter is deep. Whether you agree with all of it or not, uh, it definitely starts a giant conversation. Um, it's and kind of I, ahead of its time in some ways. I thought so, too. Some of the issues. that and, and, and these are issues, I think, that are common to... Almodovar, he does a lot of stuff about identity. He does a lot of stuff um, about, um, you know, binary sexuality. And he is known for having female protagonists and like telling these kinds of stories that are very sexy too, and like that kind of like jumble all these things together. And so in that sense, from what I understand, kind of a calling card, some of that stuff. So we're going to go back now, and this is the full spoiler round, so do not, if you want to see these movies or you don't give a fuck about seeing these movies or whatever, you can continue listening. But if you want to see these movies, you would not benefit from these movies by knowing these spoilers. So we don't want you to listen to this if you're going to see the movies. But maybe watch them and then come back and tune in and join us for the conversation. So time crimes. And one thing I didn't mention in the first part, and I think this, this is going to happen a lot because uh, we kind of just superficially went over them um, without trying to spoil. I think it made us say very little about the movies. But... Um, there's a lot of really cool binocular shots in this movie. Uh, the cinematography is great, but it is about a guy who uh, is looking through his binoculars, hanging out with his wife, and then all of a sudden he sees some naked woman in the woods. And I'm not going to lay the whole thing out, but this sets off a, a bunch of events where he's trying to like unravel this mysterious like image that he sees in his binoculars. And... It just gets more confusing and more confusing. A guy in a bandage head stabs him, and then he retreats to a nearby place, um, which should be right through the woods from his house. That's one of the problems I had with the plot holes is that this is his neighbor. <laughs> but it's very elaborate establishment. Yeah, this very big like laboratory. But he just moved in there though, so he oh, didn't okay. know. Okay, okay, they yeah, they're in. getting tables. Yeah, okay, yeah. that makes sense. And so he basically goes into this place for shelter and a guy's like in this lab with this giant thing with this milky substance in the middle. And he's like, get in this and hide. He'll never look for you there. I'll hop in with you. And 
he gets in uh, when the bandaged head man comes. He's and he's scary and creepy, but also kind of goofy in a weird way, like a the town that dreaded sundown kind of vibe with yep. his with bandaged head. <laughs> but he's also like a little goofy, and you like wonder why. And I was watching it um, with my girlfriend, and and she was like, she laughed at some of the parts with the bandaged head guy, like it wasn't scary, and. I was like, later on, when you figure out what's going on, that part won't be stupid. Mm-hmm. Like he does like the binoculars thing with his hands. Yes. Like that part seems so stupid and campy. And then later on, it, it's not because what's happening is he's gotten himself into a time machine and it's a time machine that only goes back uh, like an hour, an hour, but it just creates this really messed up predicament where there's um, another version of him that's in the present, uh, like with his wife doing the things he had done. So this is nonlinear only because of the time travel element. Uh, other than that, it's kind of just going along in normal time, unlike the skin I live in, which is like kind of all over the place with flashbacks and stuff. And it's kind of hard to say it's not a flashback because he's going back in time. Yeah, it's a locked, skin I live in is a locked in story. Right. So, uh, he basically, every time he goes, he goes back to this time machine, this butterfly effect of trying to correct things that went slightly wrong, but had maybe giant dire consequences that he's constantly trying to repair these things and reenact everything. So it happened just the way that it did the last time he went through. Cause if anything's changed, um, so he's forcing himself to, do things just as he experienced them the first time. And then the, the multiple versions of himself as he's fixing things are also like kind of working against him because they're just in present day and they're just reacting to these strange images that they don't understand. Um, so who wants to spoil next? If you've watched time travel movies, you know that rule number one of time travel, you can't like allow your past self to see yourself. You can't come into contact with yourself when you've time traveled into the past because that will mess everything up and the chain of events will Why be... Why do we know all this? I'd be, well, Marty McFly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Marty McFly. Exactly. This goes... Shout out. out. Yes. Shout out. All the way to the, back to the future. Doc, Doc Brown. Uh, yeah. This reminded me a lot of a 2004 movie called Primer, which is uh, out there still on Amazon for rent. You can. I'm going to watch Primer again. Um, but it's the same kind of thing where it's like small time, you know, small time time travel it's just like guys in a garage this is like one step up from primer because that movie is like guys in a garage that figure it out so this at least has an institute behind it but um the most amazing reveal is when this bandaged guy that we've been talking about who is chasing hector and stabs him with a pair of scissors he's trying to kill him there's a moment when hector realizes that the bandaged guy chasing him is him it's so good. Yes. It's so good. I love, I, and I didn't know, so I was like, whoa, you know, full. Um, stoner moment? Yeah, full stoner <laughs> moment. Like, you blew my mind, bro. <laughs> Where's wow. Because I, yeah. I was the whole time, I was like, who is this guy in the mask? He's going to get him, you know? He's running from this guy. I was fully invested in that in that scenario. And then through the this long sequence of events, it becomes clear to Hector, who's running from the masked guy, that he is the masked guy. Mm. And then from there, it just goes crazy. Um, you know, these time travel movies, in my opinion, you can't try to like plot them out. You, you can't go back and try to make sense of everything because it doesn't really make sense. And it's just kind of a mind bender. It's a mind crime, as I said. Um, but it's really, really fun. I have a lot of questions about the sequence of events, of course, but like I said, it, it kind of doesn't matter. Really, really fun when there are multiple Hectors running around. There are like three different Hectors and the scientist guy hasn't traveled at all. So the scientist guy, theoretically, is still living in the present and he, he just keeps dealing with all these new Hectors yeah. that yeah. show up trying to fix what the last they're Hector They're like, no, I know what you should do. Did. I know he what listen, But he listens to all of them. Yeah. He listens to every it, single it one. Made, it made me wonder if, <laughs> if we were in this situation, sorry, trying to like yeah. stomp on your take, if like I had to deal with like three Daves in a day. Oh. Uh-huh. And like Dave one is like, do this. And you've made deals with all of and them. And Dave two's like, no, no, you should do this. And then Dave three shows up. It's like, no, no, you should definitely do this. Like, I would, if I was the scientist, he 
by the grace of God, is the most patient character I've ever seen or, in a time travel movie. Or he's evil. Look, I'm going to come clean. I told the last version of you that I was going to do this to you. He told me not to listen right. to you, to only listen to him. And I got to tell you, I've been listening to the second one. The, the other thing that I love about this movie is that there are so many things that happen like the reveal of the bandaged guy, but there are so many little things that later on through the whole movie that keep being revealed as like how they happened. Like you've mm-hmm. forgotten that even happened little details that you forget about because they don't seem important at the time. Then later in the movie, you realize like why he got that call at the house when no one was on the end. Yeah. Uh, that was him. Coat, okay. Like- a different version calling from, yeah. The future, I don't the, know. The graphic that's drawn, it's like weird arrows and yeah. X's and you don't understand yeah. it. And then, yeah. One thing that still is fucking me up, though, is what what started the time loop? Who was the that's chicken? the question. Who was the egg? Yes. It's just like this circle because you're like, oh, well, this started it. And then it's like, but yeah. wait, but then he started it. But Why would that he, happen if it hadn't already? So I'm still wondering. The girl is the yeah. big question. The sexual assault, yes. now that you were t- you were talking about, you wonder where that originated and why that happened that's, in the first place. Because that's what binoc- kickstarts exactly. the binoculars. Exactly. No. Yes. Exactly. Why would she have been naked for him to see in the binoculars if he hadn't been like, because "Hey, he will you back get an over?" Hour. Because he went exactly. back an hour and he stole the car. Yeah, but why would he still? What started? I, this is what Cat's saying. The, what started the loop? How did this loop start? Yeah. that's the question you don't have an answer to. Mm-hmm. Because hmm? I don't want to steal. Because he changed. Because no. he changed. Go ahead. Time. Tell us how no, he changed the future. How did the loop start? Because he went back an hour. Mm-hmm. Hector three. Are we talking stole Hector the car. three? Yeah, but Kevin, he went back an hour because he was running from the bandage guy. How did that? How? Why was he running from himself? Where did the why would he, he wouldn't have gotten into the tank if he wasn't hiding from the bandage guy. The scientist mm-hmm. told him to get into the tank. But he, he went back and he didn't listen to Nacho Vigalando or the scientist. I don't think he has a name. Mm-hmm. And he went back in time, stole the car. He ran into her. But why did he go back in time is my question. Why did he get into Hector the thing? Hector One got in the tank. Yeah, but Hector One got in the tank because he was being chased by a guy Hector himself. Three. Already so been, Hector I think, Two. So Maybe whoever further got in the tank... tank perpetuated the entire thing by getting out of the tank, not listening to the scientists, getting in the, stealing the car and not listening to him, driving, coming up on the woman. I think the guy that's in the car is Hector 3. Yes. And gets in the car, drives away, <clears throat> crashes into the woman, knows that at some point <laughs> Hector Hector is 1 like? is going to see the woman in the woods and he's on guys, I'm sorry. I'm totally stealing your no, take. No, I just I, I don't the, know. I think the entire movie is about a dude trying to stop his wife finding out that he was interested in looking at a naked lady. No. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not, I mean, kid, that, I'm not kidding. That sounds so. That's the but, whole thing. But how did he so. get? That still doesn't explain why he got in. How did he end up getting into the time travel thing? If he wasn't time. running from himself. Exactly. I feel like if you're listening to this podcast at home, but, like but because that, of this. But that Hector went back an hour. So there was an But hour why did before. he go back an hour? It sounds like we're just saying like waffles, Cindy Lauper. <laughs> <laughs> Hector three. Hector three. No, this movie like makes it my makes fucking no head sense. Hurt. That's what I'm saying. Okay. It's a mind so, crime. This is a mind crime. I will say, I mean, you might not think it's like a sexually assault thing, but there's still some violence towards women in this yes. in a, you know, sexual violence kind of way. I just want, I mean, we dealt with it in both films. Yes. I would like a sexual assault free week. Hmm. That's all that little baby not cat's asking ask. for. It's not sure. too much to ask in today's climate, today's uh, political climate. Um I don't, but I couldn't even get that in my Nick Cage week. No. There was still a, a smidge, you know, with the cult leader. So it's like, I can't even choose films. So I think this was, you know, another example of an unnecessary assault towards a woman. I guess from what you've said that that the whole reason that this, you know, time crime was happening is to um, stop his wife from finding out he was ogling some woman's uh, breasts, then it makes sense that it would be in the plot but i feel like there could have been a different way to move the plot along or to kickstart said plot without 
exhibiting, you know, or portraying violence against women. Yes, Dave. Well, one thing I would just like to say is that the reason why he's going back in time is because an accident happens and his wife falls from the top of a ladder and dies. Or you think it's his wife. Well, it's his wife. It's not his wife. No, it's not his wife. No, he takes the woman oh, from the his woods wife never and falls cuts her from hair them. and puts his wife's coat on her. That's Yeah, that was to trick the other Hector. How did you miss that? That was the I whole thought, climax. No, I thought the, no, no the, the woman who falls and twists her neck yeah. is his wife. No, no. Check no, on no that's no, the woman no, no. from the woods. He tricks He puts his wife Hector. in the shed. That's after trying to change... The future again. The first time it's his wife. No. The second time he sends. Her. I've oh, seen this movie three no, times. I see what oh, Dave is saying. Okay. The I second time he tries to send her up the ladder to die as so, the in wife place of his wife in place of his wife because he's trying to Hector oh. three's trying to correct his wife falling. Oh, so okay. So like he's going back, and if he had only explained a little more, it really would be sexual assault because he would be. Like, listen, like my wife died. I, need I, you. I, I went back in time and I just tried to recreate <laughs> this. I don't know how you got here. Yeah, sure that would have gone I don't over know well. how this happened, but when <laughs> I looked through my binoculars, you were topless and you were like this, and I'm just trying to do it. Yeah, that could have he he could have easily done that instead of yeah. being like easily done that. Well, I don't think he could have. I don't think that no, would have. Yeah, easy. No. Easily, I'd be running that game every weekend if that works right now. <laughs> Listen, I need to see them titties. All right, it's for science. Listen, baby. It's for science. I went and time, time travel and my wife's survival. I did. I did see um, one interpretation of this movie as like an allegory about infidelity. And a cheating husband trying mm. when caught in a loop of like deceit and lies Ooh. and like building oh, a whole web of lies, like more. trying to cover everything up and constantly trying to fix things, and it's spinning totally out of control. That's what I'm saying. Like that makes what, sense. That's what I got. That this guy was like, it literally came down to. If you think about movies, like some of the first scenes you see are typically. You said there's so many things that you don't pick up on. Yeah. The movie okay. starts with okay. him. Okay. Seeing but a woman, she would have to be. Why and, was she and topless? He's, and and he's like. Okay, why don't you go to the store? Right. Get the hell out of here. Mm. I want to keep looking at this woman in my binoculars. And oh. then he sees something where it's like, oh, well, she's kind of like falling down or she's laying against a rock naked. Maybe I should go check that out. But then, like, then I would he be was like, there. Maybe I should call the authorities. Why was she topless? Because all we know is that he made her get topless to fulfill... And then he's there and he stabs himself. It so depends how is on he... where our perspective is. Okay, where are we because at on the perspective the time of Because I'm ready to stop talking we're, about we're time We're time traveling right it's, now. It's, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> making <laughs> my fucking head We just hurt. time traveled 20 minutes. This movie is so impossible to talk about, even with spoiling it. We've been here like rambling nonsensical yeah. uh, like, for like the last You can't solve minutes. it. Like, you can't. Uh, but yeah. that's the fun part about it. And it doesn't. it also does not... Uh, resolve at the end. There's no resolve. It just kind of ends. Mm -hmm. It seems like Hector kind of just gives up. He's thrown up his hands at the end and it's just, you hear the sirens and his wife, he has saved his wife. If your theory is correct that yeah. she died once, he did manage to save his wife and they sit in the chair and he throws the scissors and the That's sirens are kind of like, That's okay. why she's there. And he's he sitting in the chair is because he gotcha. saved her. Okay. He hit her in the shed and he had the other girl go up the ladder. And there's two or three of him running around doing who knows what. And he's fucked because his fingerprints are all over everything. Well, he's the fucked. There's more than the one of them. The sirens are coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they're going to be the like, oh, your fingerprints are on this. Your fingerprints are on that. Your finger. Like, he's fucked. It's going to be quite a lineup. How do you pick it's a out? Bleak, it's a bleak movie. <laughs> All three of him are going to be in the lineup. Like, which one of these guys? I guess maybe you could be like, it was like adulterous, but he saved his wife in the end. Okay, let's move on. Banished Mindfuck. You were right. That That is a good title for this week because both movies are very twisty and very, uh, they mess with you in every way, disturbingly, psychologically, everything. Um, although Time Crimes is a little bit more fun than The Skin I Live In. The Skin I Live In is definitely like a horror drama where the other, I, Explain the other one is like a horror comedy. It's a very subtle comedy. Uh, it's mostly in the way that the the characters interact with each other and, and the awkwardness. Um, but the skin I live in, um, uh, Elena Ayana, um, who who plays um, this experiment that I was talking about that he's working on. Vera. Uh, and Vera. Uh, and as the movie goes on, they kind of start to peel away 
like what this exactly this experiment is that he's doing in his home lab and um there's so many many things that are happening in this but this is like trying to tell a story uh <laughs> like you can just cut look, cut it right to the chase here he's a plastic surgeon he's a plastic surgeon on a guy who assaulted his daughter assaulted his daughter he captures the guy and, and turns him into a beautiful gives woman. Him a vaginoplasty <laughs> yeah or vaginoplasty vaginoplasty Thank you. let's say that word as many times as possible and he keeps him captive and th- this is the whole this is what the whole story is about and and his entire medical team thinks that it's like a like somebody that's like no i wanted to transition mm-hmm. and then everyone dies yeah there I you go. everyone dies yeah, and then the movie with ends with i am vicente yeah it was a happy ending which i thought was kind of poetic there's been this torture and this like captivity thing that we haven't really touched on where vicente is in like this dungeon it looks like in a basement and he is being deprived of light and food and everything for, you don't really get an idea of how long, but it's a while uh, to the point where their interactions, you start to get this Stockholm Syndrome kind of vibe where he is now, uh, they're eating together and and they're- Kind of assimilating into like a domestic life almost. Right, before he, he does all this transformation into like changing the whole- uh, you know, gender and everything. So, like that—that that part uh, was oh, really disturbing with the um, vocal cords. Well, the suicide. Like, there's there's all these parts where the experiment is trying to commit suicide, and he's calling uh, her or his bluff. He's calling their bluff every time that they do this because he doesn't. He still thinks that. Um, they want to uh, have will to live but at some point it, it starts to you start to think that uh vicente has descended and t- fully turned into vera and has totally become a new person and then as you see it start to uh the new the the old person is still creeping in and and when she sticks up for robert robert when she sticks up for him when the other doctor comes and calls him out you think that maybe she it's that kind fully, of fooled me. It's yeah. fully that, Stockholm syndrome. I thought that Vincent he might have. That would have well, been a much life. way yeah. easier yeah. way out. Would yeah. that have been a much easier way out right there than say this is the way life? they did? No, I'm saying no. I'm not saying I was saying that. I'm just like that. I thought that you know oh, they were like, accepting like well I have no one else. No one will ever you know know or accept right. what I've been through. Right. I might as well shack up with with Daddy of the Week. That's here. what I thought. That's what I thought, and I was like, yeah. Okay. And then a little later on that night when she goes to, to like exact her plan or whatever, uh, it shows her having like an elongated look at the uh, missing person's the picture in the v- paper. Vicente. I think that was what I think that Vera might or Vincente might have been on the precipice of accepting the new life, like you say, Kat. But and then, then saw, yeah. saw the picture of the former self, the missing picture in the paper, and then started shaking. You can see that. Um, their body starts shaking almost and ask, and, and they ask for a cigarette. Yeah. And it's almost like that was kind of the point of. And, you know, it honestly feels weird, like using, I know, you know, it's like a movie, but using like her and she pronouns because this person did not choose. Right. You know, right. this. So yeah, it's yeah. kind of just like, is it hit? It's just. Yeah. They, you know what yeah. I mean? Because they yeah. did not choose to be a woman. Right. It was thrust upon them. And so it's just so, uh, it's just well, heartbreaking. The whole thing is just. I mean, it's really, it's lot. he. I mean, if you're calling him un- anything other than he, you're violating. I mean, he. That's what his yeah. chosen pronouns Yeah, that's were. his, right. We should talk about so Vicente's backstory because uh, he works at a dress shop with his mother. Mm-hmm. Right. And he is a like clothing designer. And some of that stuff also comes back as. Uh, he's in captivity and like shredding some of the clothes and doing like artwork on the walls and like writing things over and over again. You start to see like, uh, glimpses of his personality coming through like that whole Stockholm thing. And it's a difficult character to try to relate to or like call the protagonist because obviously there are some questionable things done by this person. Yes. But in their eyes, you know, there's that scene between, 
you know, them and, and Antonio Banderas where he where they're like, I've done nothing wrong. Like, I don't think, you know, Antonio Banderas is like, you raped my daughter. Right. And he's like, well, I don't think I don't think I did. And he's like, why? Of course you did. What? And he's like, well, I did a lot of I was on a lot of drugs that night. I, love, I can't remember. It's an, I, that's a very that interesting scene. It's a one very, of the, my favorite conversations. The whole thing is like. Are you on any drugs when they're walking through the cor- the courtyard? And she's like, "Yeah, oh, oh drugs. Yeah, I'm on drugs." And she's talking about all the Just mental drugs, all the pharmaceuticals. Yeah, 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 yeah. For like mental antipsychotics, but then yeah. starts taking off all of her clothes and, and saying, what, what, what "I would be naked though, forever if I could." Mm-hmm. Right. But what uh, he right. says it, after that scene where she names off all the drugs that she's on for like like antipsychotic medications and everything, he just goes. Yeah, I'm really high too. Yeah, like he doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> like so you get the idea that he doesn't have any uh, semblance that he, she is mentally no, disabled. No, he doesn't. No, he just she's one of the girls, and yeah. they're going through this like this like little park where there's all these like uh, landscaping shrubbery that's really elaborate that's kind of covering what's going on, but it's all the young people of the party all just having this like orgy of sex Mm -hmm. everywhere throughout this park. And so you kind of get the feeling that Vincente, like there's like no reason for him to think that he's not just hooking up with a normal girl. No, it's a real, no, but it's a really interesting and controversial scene, like way, way deeper. Like, Mm -hmm. and that is like very, like the fact that you picked up on that, like it's so quick and you're like, Oh, like they're having sex he's getting a blowjob this is happening and then she starts to like name off her pharmaceuticals and then she starts taking her clothes off and is like i would be naked forever and it's but like she doesn't think it's a sexual thing she's right. just exactly rea- like, she's, she's just not reacting and he's like yeah. i'm like claustrophobic and, and everyone else yeah. from the wedding reception they're all in the woods having sex it's like a huge orgy so it's just yeah. like what it's they're all really doing. i i don't think that that scene i think that scene is really important Mm-hmm. But again, it's a very fucking confusing movie. So like you miss a lot of uh, yeah. like, the subtext. There aren't a lot like, of like what he could be pulling from the novel. What he could be. Yeah. He spent ten years writing the script. I don't think there are a lot of like pat answers to either of these movies. I think they're both more about the questions than a definitive answer. I mean, you can you know chase your tail all day trying to sort of figure these things out. Any of you guys seen um, Eyes Without a Face? Well, yeah, no, that, that, that's what. Yeah, that. that's what this was based. I've never seen that. He, that yeah, he went a lot. He 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 spent ten years writing this script, and he kept moving further and further away from the book. And he basically said, you know, Eyes Without a Face was a big one. A big one. Fritz Lang was a big one. Um, Metropolis is probably the movie that most people know Lang from. And I, I guess if you if you watch the movie, you can pick up on a lot of books that he places in in the movie that he drew inspiration from over the decade that he was writing the script and a couple of them he would go on to adapt into other films um so there's a big rabbit hole that you can go down here um for what uh, almodovar's uh inspiration was for the film i thought that like the the trauma part of it um where gal was after the car accident, she was burned in the room and they do a flashback to her being burned in the room and they, they hide all the mirrors and all the windows and reflections so she can't see how ugly she is because um, Antonio Banderas' character wants to preserve her so that he can fix her skin. And that's I think that's probably the, the way you get the idea that that's how the skin was established Right. To begin with, to right. fix her. Yes. And that's why he names it after her. Right. Yeah. Um, but then she sees her reflection uh, when she hears uh, her daughter singing a song out in the in the courtyard. And I thought that scene was like the, the whole trauma of that uh, permeating the rest of it with with his daughter was was very like Pet cemetery, like the sister in the room that was deformed. It like reminded me Zelda. very much of that. Zelda, yeah. It, she was like just burned from head to toe and he was going to try to like keep her alive and try to fix her or whatever. Um, but she just could not bear like the way she looked. It was like uh, 
Bride of Frankenstein or even Frankenstein, just regular. The song that Norma is singing when her mother launches herself to her death, that's the reason that she starts freaking out in the garden oh, with Vicente. That song, is that what the... Is the yeah. wedding band oh, starts I playing the that. song yeah. that her mother had taught her wow. when uh, she had, had killed herself. Right, it like triggered that. Wow, that, I, didn't, I didn't catch that. Um, I, w- I, w- I would like to call What's... it the skin because you were just talking about it, Dave. Uh, I- I'd like to call it a few things. One, um, boob zippers. Hmm. Pretty weird. Convenient. That's weird. Yeah. Um, little weird. For breastfeeding mothers, that might be great. The worst scene, I think, in the entire movie is when Robert is like uh, stacking up dildos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my like, God, the they're like wooden, oh my god they're like they're not even like dildos i mean no. dildos that's that's mm, generous like, you'll, yeah. you'll get to this one eventually they're and i'm like waiting, wooden waiting for him to stop <laughs> and he like basically pulls out like you know like a fucking you know magnum bottle of fucking tito's but the skin that you were talking about uh it's called gal and that is actually after uh it's short for galatea who in Roman mythology was a statue made by the sculptor Pygmalion, and he considered it so perfect and fell in love with it so deeply that Venus granted his wish to bring her to life. Uh, Galatea also stands for uh, she who is milk white. <laughs> 